thought and leaders. Hello, hello, and welcome again to a Thoughts and Leaders. A great privilege and a great pleasure to have with me the one and the only Shay Robottom. Hello. Hi, Jonathan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a great pleasure. Now, for those who live under a rock somewhere and haven't heard of you, do you want to do a little bit of an elevator pitch before we get into this? If you're on LinkedIn, you've probably heard of me. That's where you're most likely to have seen me, my business, my content. I you know, dropped out of college when I was 20. I wanted to be a musician. I, I came across an opportunity to edit video content for a really large page on Facebook. He had about 3 million followers at the time. I uh, took advantage of this opportunity this blog owner was giving me, and it completely was the start of the rest of my life. I ended up scaling that company. I got an investment when I was 24. I scaled it to over 30 in-house employees. We were doing uh, video content for some of the largest blogs on Facebook, accumulating over a billion views a month on our content and also doing um, media buying and advertising campaigns on Facebook for big companies like Petco. Uh, we worked for Yahoo at one point. Super exciting. So I did that up until 2018 when I got on LinkedIn and uh, somebody told me, you know, there's a huge opportunity with video on LinkedIn. There's no competition. And I instantly saw success. I did three original selfie videos per week on my LinkedIn starting in May of 2018 and uh, accumulated over uh, $100,000 in revenue for my agency at the time within the first two months. I wasn't really... Um, fulfilled at the last agency that I had scaled anymore. I had partners at that point, investors. I was like, you know what? It's just time for me to go. So at the end of 2018, I sold my shares in the Facebook agency, moved down to Miami and pivoted completely to start a LinkedIn marketing agency where I help business owners create video content on LinkedIn to attract their target market and close more deals. Her hair is hollow gold. Her lips sweet surprise Her hands are never cold She's got better day besides She'll turn her music on you I noticed the thing with you, Shay, yeah, that when it comes to videos, it's all about your eyes. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, those eyes are just like, ah, that's it. And, it, and it's... Is that an actual? Um, is that an actual tip that you you know you're, you're doing it on purpose to kind of make it really, really, really animated and stuff like that? That is such a great question. No one has ever asked me that question. I, I'm not on a podcast. I've heard people say the thing about the eyes. You know, it's just something that comes natural to me. I, I do think it, it definitely helps, and I've had other people point out the same. Um, but no, it is not something I necessarily teach. I <laughs> Uh, just, just naturally, I'm, I've always been really good at getting attention. You know, that's like always that, that really for so much of my life was my focus was like, how can I get attention? How can I be liked? You're talking about getting attention. Now, the word advertising comes from the Latin word advertere. And advertere in Latin actually means to turn towards, to actually get people to turn towards yourself. Yes. So in terms of viral videos, 
is that what we're trying to do? Is it getting them to turn towards us? Or are we trying to get them to the next stage in terms of the funnel, which is to engage with us? Uh, so when I worked on Facebook all of those years, I was hired by these blog owners to get attention. That was my job. You know, it was just uh, create video content that are, that will go viral on our page, get us new followers, get us new traction. We'll take care of the rest. Um, starting out and for years, it was just about getting attention. That was my job. Get attention, get really good at headlines, get really good at getting more followers on our page. Um, and then the the blog owner took it from there, monetizing the traffic. You know, what I teach people is how to be attractive in the newsfeed. So keyword newsfeed, because that's what drives a lot of these platforms now is the newsfeed. And you have to be able to stand out. You have to know what gets attention in the newsfeed. And that, that is not ads. You know, that is not asking for things. That is not trying to sell your product. Uh, that is not being boring. You know, there's, there's a total formula for getting attention in the newsfeed. It's like window shopping. So when you go to a mall, you might not necessarily know what you're going for. You're just kind of like, hey, it's payday. I'm going to go to the mall. I'm going to go shop around. And then you window shop. Once you see a store that catches your eye in the window, you go inside and potentially buy something, right? So the newsfeed is window shopping. People are window shopping this content when they see something they like. Like my videos, for example, they click back into my profile and now, hey, my profile is really optimized for conversions. Now it's really an ad where I'm asking, you know, reach out, I have a video, da, 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 da. And um, that is the formula that I teach. It's really important that you keep your content short if you're new. So for example, if I released a 10 minute video at this point, even in, you know, in the newsfeed and all that, like people would watch it just because people know, like, and trust me by now. But when a stranger sees you for the first time in the newsfeed, they're very unlikely to invest 10 minutes into unknown content. You know, their time is precious. They're like, who's this guy? I don't know him. 10 minute video, nah, pass. But if it's a 60 second clip, they might actually invest that 60 seconds. Like, you know what? I have 60 seconds to check out this guy. Those longer videos are more to... Um, entertain your already existing audience than they will attract new followers. We've been conditioned over the years to have shorter and shorter attention spans. Most people, especially here in the States, are unfulfilled. You know, they're not living in their purpose. They've just lived a life where they've been conditioned to do things for other people and therefore they're really, really sad. They are hurting. And so therefore, um, being with yourself in the present moment is too painful. So people are constantly looking for distractions. They're constantly looking for something to take them outside the present moment, to take them away from themselves because it's too painful to be with ourselves. And that's why you see addiction, depression, obesity. For someone like yourself of the older generation, I do think you grew, grew up in a time where it was a little more slow and people were allowed to kind of get through those uncomfortable feelings with themselves. Um, but nowadays, I mean, look at the world we've created. It's just a buffet of distraction. We're constantly distracting ourselves. And I do think that like the shift is about to occur. We're, we're kind of at that max breach breaking point in society where there's like, there's way, it's just not sustainable. So I do believe that it's shifting. I do believe that people are going to become patient again. They'll be able to sit with themselves and they won't constantly be distracted because they're in so much pain that they don't even, like, you know, for five minutes want to sit in presence with themselves.
in terms of on LinkedIn, you've got all these evangelists. They are telling me that I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And it's all very snap, snap, snap. And then this is this is how I'm going to make $100 or as we would like to serve it here, pounds. Uh, and it's it's relentless. So, I mean, are you feeding the machine? <laughs> yeah, great questions. So I can simultaneously um, do what's in demand in the market, even though I know the source of it comes from a sad place. And I can contribute to dismantling that source and helping to wake people up to truly love and honor themselves so that we do have a more present society um, who's living you know, just more intentionally. And in turn, when we change the people, we change the market, we change the need. And, you know, I do think that's why podcasting is really taking off. You know, it is longer form content. Um, So I do think that that collectively the shift is already happening. And you can see that in the rise of podcasts, the rise of meditation, the rise of these like alternative health modalities. Humanity is waking up. But yes, for the most part, for the average user that's on social media, I would say they're still very go, go, go. And I'm a pragmatic marketer. You know, I'm always going to follow the data and do what works. And right now, that is still what works. But then also in my messages, I'm sharing like, hey, you know, there's a real epidemic here of us not living in our authenticity. And let's work to fix that too. I watched you about... I don't know, five weeks ago, and I started getting concerned. You were starting to pull away from the usual Shay stuff, and then you started to take stock in terms of who is Shay and and stuff like that. And so you were becoming very self-reflective. Um, I would say that I started my spiritual journey of really getting real with myself about how unfulfilled I was over a year ago now when I moved to Miami um, because I had checked all the boxes. You know, society says, okay, you got money, you got clout, you got boyfriend, whatever. You know, I I had checked all the boxes. I was healthy, but I was really unfulfilled. When people hit their breaking point, that's when they're finally open and receptive to new ideas. You know, most people, they're so righteous. You know, they don't want to change. They want to feel safe in their comfort zones. When you present them with new information or um, new opportunities, they'll, they'll shut down. You have to be in that place of being open. I was miserable, so depressed. I was thinking about suicide on a weekly basis. Um, and I do think that it, that's common for people in society, but a lot of them don't hit that breaking point until they're older because they didn't have as much trauma as I had. So I actually see it as a blessing that I went through so much darkness early on because it kind of catapulted me into this healing path sooner. And then all the way fast forward to this quarantine, I mean, yeah, I've I've, uh, been doing a lot of personal work, been doing a lot of reflecting. I love marketing and I'm really happy with the business that I've created for myself. Are you using this to define yourself and to get the attention that you didn't get before. If you woke up tomorrow and your whole following and your business is gone, who are you and, and do you mm. really feel okay in yourself and do you love yourself? And the answer is yes. You know, I'm just in a way healthier place. I trust myself. Um, the marketing is something that I have a really unique experience with marketing. I mean, I, I love being able to teach business owners because of my time on Facebook and what I went through licensing all of those videos. I really got to see social media from a lens that most people don't see. I'm happy to use that knowledge on myself to share healing with the world and shed light on like, hey, you guys, you know, 
we, we really need to stop lying to ourselves. I believe the number one problem in humanity is a mass state of denial. We don't know ourselves. We don't love ourselves. We don't honor ourselves. I think that the parenting model is uh, really, really sad. You say you think we need to go to war while you're already in one. Because it's people like you that need to get slew. No one wants your opinion. don't think we know how to parent. I, I truly believe most parents, at least in the United States of America, are narcissistically abusing their children, meaning they're raising their kids from this shame-based parenting model where it's all about, um, you know, what can the kid do for me? How can the kid perform to make me look and feel good about myself? Because most people never do the work on themselves. And then, of course, their parents did the same. So, you know, I think it comes down to the way we raise our kids. And a lot mm. of people challenge me on that. They're like, well, what do you mean? Not everyone can be being abused as a child. I'm like, no, it is. Look at the way we grow up. We grow up to please other people, to, you know, enter into situations in which we are seeking external validation to feel good about ourselves because our parents taught us that model. The school system taught us that model. But wouldn't you say that LinkedIn as a channel, yeah, is very narcissistic? It's, it's highly correlated, yes. And I'll even admit my own narcissism drove me forward in building that blog and motivated me to stay consistent because I loved attention. Um, and I was just doing it for me. I wasn't, you know, when I started out doing it, out of the goodness of my heart to help other people. I, I genuinely just like was needy and needed attention. But what narcissism is in its core is not the need for attention. It's the inability to empathize with other human beings. It's a lack of empathy. It's an inability to empathize. It's an inability to see your kid when your kid is going through whatever they're going through and having their own feelings and their own emotions. It's an inability to feel for them. All you feel for is yourself. All you feel for is, well, how is this affecting me? Well, how is this kid making me look right now? Me, 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 you know, and this is rampant in the business world in general. This is evident in the way that we've, you know, poisoned our own environment. I mean, that is narcissism. That is a lack of empathy for the environment, a lack of empathy for the generations that will walk this earth after you. It's just a short-term thinking of, this is what I want for me right now, me, me, me. I do believe most people are narcissistically wounded where they're somewhere in the middle where they can kind of turn off empathy or um, become codependent where they're not the narcissist, but they're the one kind of feeding the narcissist, kind of feeling so insecure. So they're constantly seeking outside of themselves. I mean, that's also a toxic person. It's just a different form. Something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there telling me I got to beware. Recently, from London, we've been watching you guys in America and watching what's been going on in America in terms of the race riots. What is really going on there? I mean, what is happening over there? A lot of conspiracies going around about these riots are set up. You know, I've, I've heard of people getting paid to riot. There's bricks 
bri- like piles of bricks just being dropped in every city right where the protests are happening. I mean, what is that? You know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense. The news suddenly shifted from everyone fear Corona to, you know, oh, the riots and suddenly social distancing is dead. I mean, it's just like, I think people really need to open their eyes. There's something really dark going on here. What happened to Floyd happens every day in this country, in education, in health services, and in every area of American life. It's time for us to stand up in George's name and say, get your knee off our necks. Is it true that your racism over there is that bad? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no minority group or demographic over time that I can think of has been treated so poorly and so inhumane as African-Americans. Donald Trump has like three ex-wives, multiple baby mamas, and he's like swearing and like just like he's like a pig of a personality. Imagine if Obama had all the same qualifications, the same education. Let's not even say his personality is any different, but let's just say that he had multiple wives in his life. Can you imagine if he had tried to win the presidency as a black man with three ex-wives and multiple baby mamas? White privilege is real. Um, We need to stop denying it. Police brutality is real, not just toward black people. You know, the, the public support of police and the trust in police is just going down. A lot of the millennials, they are pretty anti uh, Trump, aren't they? Yeah, I think it's, I, I understand it because there's a lot of ugliness in him. But at the same time, it's, uh, <laughs> this is also a trauma reaction. You know, the fact that we can get people to react so strongly to things. And then I hate Trump. I'm never, I'm never going to hear him out. I'm never going to, you know, have an objective opinion about him again, because I've decided, you know, that's a trauma response. That's a, the response of someone who's not grounded. And that's most people. Do you think the trauma that's going on here isn't just because of the horrendous racism, but also because people are just pissed off, quite frankly, with being yeah. locked down. No, hold on. We're oh, being locked down. Yeah. We're being locked down because of COVID. It's it's something deeper, isn't it? There's something else going on here in terms of these riots. Well, I again, this goes back to my lack of trust in the mainstream media, which I believe is linked to the government, which I believe are linked to the corporations and the federal banks, and it's all a power control games. And a lot of the reporting is fear-mongering. A lot of it is like, oh my God, this virus is so bad, stay inside. I follow conscious doctors. You know, I follow alternative doctors who, virologists who really look at the facts. This is a bad flu. Bad flu? Yes, I do. Oh, come on. Listen to my last podcast I did with a guy called Sam Kane, lovely fella, by the way. Yeah. But anyway, I did this, this thing with this guy called Sam Kane. He's married to a bit of a celebrity in the UK. Now, mm-hmm. they both, now the serious thing about it is that they both had COVID and they were both in hospital. Now, if you listen to it, he said that he wanted at one point to die because it was so bad mm. in terms of the, this illness. Mm-hmm. Shade, these people are dying. Mm-hmm. People are dying. People are dying for sure. I just think that the repercussions of a global economic shutdown will far outweigh the people that are going to die directly from this. We have blinders on like, oh my God, the old people. Oh my God. But it's like, what about all the people who lost their jobs? What about all the people that are now being abused, having being forced to stay at home? Alcoholism is through the roof in this country. Suicide lines have shot way up. The estimate is that unemployment is going to go up to 35% in this country. That will create way more death. 
So that is what I'm choosing to empathize with. And I'm choosing to empathize also with the future generation. It's 3 a.m. and your children are safe and asleep. But there's a phone in the White House and it's ringing. Something's happening in the world. Your vote will decide who answers that call. Whether it's someone who already knows the world's leaders, knows the military, someone tested and ready to lead in a dangerous world. It's 3 a.m. and your children are safe and asleep. Who do you want answering the phone? I'm Hillary Clinton and I approve this message. Right now, everyone's in fear mode. It's really easy to sell to people. It's really easy to persuade people when they're in fear mode. So I am looking for the long term and protecting Mm. our human rights because when people are in fear mode, they buy. And one thing that the government will take advantage of is everyone's in fear mode. You know, let's let's create uh, countrywide curfews. Let's create a tracing system where people have to have tracing on their phone. And, and people will just blindly accept it like, okay, because they're in fear, not realizing what they're setting the future generations up for. You know, this country is about freedom. This country is about choices, not mandated vaccines, not being forced to give over your, your bloodstream. We have a very narrow lens if we're only going to look at the people who are getting the virus and we're not going to look at potential lifelong repercussions that could occur from A, the economic shutdown, which I just broke down some reasons why that's going to create even more death, and B, taking away freedoms and giving the government more control in the name of safety. You know, I'm not saying the virus isn't real. I'm not saying the virus isn't killing people. I'm saying the media and the government, which are linked, will take advantage of situations like this because they know that the mass population is are wounded individuals who can't critically think for themselves, who will react strongly when fear-mongering is ensued. And then, therefore, this trauma response, this mass trauma response that the majority of the population has allows for the majority of the population to uh, buy. To I think it's mass hysteria. I mean, why would the media not be every day if they care about public health and stopping this virus? Why would they not every day be pumping out information about how you can boost your immune system? All they're doing is sharing stories like what you shared. No, you don't think I'm part of them as well, do you? No, 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 no. I, I think that's someone you personally know. But I'm just saying those yeah. are the stories that are being shared. You know, it makes no sense, Jonathan. It makes no sense. Why would Walmart be open but right. parks, which build our immunity to be able to touch nature, ground in the grass, that's good for your immune system. Why would those be closed? This lockdown is weakening everyone's immunity. I do believe this virus is real. I do believe it's deadly and it's killing people. And I'm very sorry for that. But I do not believe that it is worth the additional death, which I believe is already outnumbering corona, from the mass world economic shutdown and the potential to take away more rights and more freedoms in the name of safety, right? Get it while it's hot, get it while everyone's scared, get it while everyone is saying, yes, 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 please take away more of my freedoms. I'm so afraid of COVID right now. As the lockdown around the world is being unlocked, what do you see the, and I hate this term, by the way, Shay, which is the new norm. Every news station across the planet is pumping out the new normal, the new normal, the new normal. That's social conditioning. What's going to happen with social media? It's modern day book burnings. It's really sad. I have friends who are conscious doctors, who are naturopaths, who genuinely care about healing people, not, not making them sick forever. But what's that going to do with social media? You think Facebook would become even tougher? From what I understand, Twitter, Facebook, you know, these are also just companies who have the right to censor. But I think what's going to happen is the population is going to start to get really fed up with the censorship. 
which is basically they're censoring anything that's not coming out of the World Health Organization, that's not coming out of the mainstream media. I, as an American, find that very dangerous. I don't care if I disagree with someone. I believe they have a right to share their facts and their opinions. And what's going to happen is we're going to see a rise of decentralized social media platforms owned by the people, ran by the people where nothing is censored and it's not linked to um, some, some greater agenda. LinkedIn is censoring hardcore. I mean, that's a great example. Like uh, Bill Gates owns LinkedIn, you know? <laughs> so there's a lot of favoritism going on there right now in terms of what people are posting. Um, I've known people who've gotten shut down for posts that I, as a LinkedIn expert, did not deem anywhere near against the user agreement. They were just against the mainstream narrative right now about COVID. Why would these things be being censored? Why would these things be being, being taken down? You know, there's a bunch of rubbish and BS on social media all the time that's fake. That's It doesn't get removed. You know, why suddenly in this pandemic for our safety do they have to remove information that would cause us to think outside of the narrative that the mainstream is feeding us? I've gone to the park and I've grounded. I've taken off my shoes and I've touched the grass. You know, that is because I know about immunity and microbiome and how to build that. You know, this is the type of content that's getting censored. I know doctors who are sharing this information on social media and it's getting taken down. I mean, that's really sketch. We just have to look at that. Like, why would this information be taken down? I believe that in order for a virus to attach to someone, it needs a host. You know, it needs a host and that can be linked to mindset. Again, this is something that has been proven by um, people like um, uh, D David Hawkins did a lot of work around this. Also, Joe Dispenza talks a lot about this, the mind-body connection. You know, when people are in fear mode, they're very susceptible to viruses. Now, you are one of the world's, no less, uh, most successful uh, online uh, entrepreneurs. In terms of business, what's going to work? What would you recommend people do? And there's going to be a lot of people who are out of work and, and startups and stuff like that. So what's your, what's your tips? Be kind. Pour love into this planet. We have been pouring shame, which I mentioned earlier when I talked about parenting. Like, we have been such a shame-based society um, for so long. Shame is the lowest of all human vi vibrations and love is among the highest. So even when people disagree with you, even when people have a different opinion than you politically with uh, in regards to COVID and how they're handling it, you know, if you can just step outside yourself for a minute and not react, not see this person as so separate and different from you, from a business point of view, we need to be thinking always about how can we serve people? You know what? I mean, and this is, this is no surprise in business. It's all about the value you provide. It's always the value you provide. That's what you get paid in return. And right now, I think that the, the biggest value you can provide to the world is love. The biggest value you can provide to the world is acceptance. The best way to boost everyone's immunity, as corny as it sounds, is love. You know, fear does the opposite. It's well, do you think that more businesses will be going online after this because of Zoom and all the rest of it? And so everyone will be remote working? On an individual level, people have just spent this time to really reflect on what they're doing with their life. You know, so I think people are just starting to really question things. And I do think on the other side of that, this, 
there will be a much happier, healthier planet. But we've got to stop living in fear. We've got to stop shaming each other. You're not wearing a mask. You don't care about my grandma. It's like, you know, like it's just, it's, it's trying to control people outside of yourself. And it comes from a very unhealthy place of us not having our needs met as children. I mean, we are literally witnessing on a global scale a mass trauma response to the coronavirus because of how wounded most people are on this planet. Shay, do you go out without a mask? And what about, do you keep social distancing or not? Um, no, not really. You know, I have, I have is it because you, do you, is it because you feel that it won't touch you, that you are immune to this? I'm not talking about literally immune, but you are because of your age. I, I believe that if I got it, I would be fine. But yeah, I don't believe that I could get it. Like I said, I do believe that viruses need a host to attach to. Um, I think that social distancing can help, but it's also like, it doesn't make any sense. You know, they say we need herd immunity, social distance, keep people far away from another. It just seems very inhumane. People are dying alone in hospitals. They can't see their family. You know, it's scary. Like you go outside, everyone's masked up. Like it's scary. It's weird. I, I personally don't subscribe to it. I don't, I don't buy into it. I think that um, the, the, the greatest strength we have as human beings and as the general population, the citizens is our community, is our unity. And I do think that the government is power hungry. I, I don't think the government cares about us, not, you know, your, you know, aunt who's a local judge. She probably cares about people, but it's a pyramid. The top of the top of the top, they don't care about people. They have other agendas. Um, so I think taking people away from the community and creating norms, like stand six feet away from everyone, you know, wear masks, which makes it very hard for people to communicate. No one's communicating. Like literally you can't gather in groups. Well, now you can because they've suddenly allowed rioting that disconnects us from other human beings that creates a huge decrease in communication. Now, where's one of the last places left that we can communicate during these lockdowns, social media. Oh, and guess what the government and the, everyone's doing? They're censoring social media. I think way more people are going to die and be in pain from this mass economic shutdown. And, and, I, and my concern is that we're just going to hand over our freedoms because we're scared and in the name of safety because the media and the government who, oh, and, the, and the health organization who, oh, so clearly cares about our health, look around. I'm not buying it. Wow. That's a hell of a lot of thoughts there for us to process. <laughs> did you Jay. think? Did you think that we were going to go in that direction today, Jonathan? Yeah, I no, I didn't. <laughs> but I know that everyone be listening to this or watching it if they're watching your video version of it, and they're going to be thinking, "How do I get hold of this amazing uh, lady?" So tell us, <laughs> give us, give us all the spill now. All right, over all right. to you. If you want to hit me up for my Corona conspiracy theories, you can find me at 305. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so you can follow me on LinkedIn. I mean, that's really where all my content goes out first is LinkedIn. It's linkedin.com slash in slash Shea Robottom. Um, if you're curious to learn more about my business and what I provide for businesses on LinkedIn, I've helped a lot of people really transform their lead generation stream through video marketing on this platform. Uh, you can check out my website, shayrobottom.com, and there's a form there to fill out if you'd like to set up a call. Now, I'm just going to sign off in just a second, but before I do, there's a big word here that I have, um, that I have written on my little piece of paper here. Awesome. Uh, Let's hear it. And this word is, and it's three uh, letters, and that is a hug. So we, I'm sending you a big hug from uh, the UK. 
And I don't want to see that Shay that I saw five weeks ago. Well, I started getting a bit concerned, but I'm thinking now, yeah, she's really strong. And that is fantastic. To everyone else out there, uh, let's take a leaf from uh, Shay's book and let's, um, you know, we're in business, but let's make our business one thing. And that is to be good to ourselves so that we can, in even the smallest way, doesn't matter, the smallest way, make a little bit of a difference that's going to make our world a much better place. Until then, I'll speak to you soon. Take care. like to join me on a future program and have got a interesting view on business or mental health then get in touch my email is reinvent at me.com that's reinvent at me.com <laughs>